0: Welcome to The Dark Corner. Presented by Gentleman's Grindhouse Records.
1: Hold me. Happy St. Patrick's Day, because we're recording on the day.
0: Yes, it is St. Patrick's Day. So,
1: by the time you'll hear this, it'll have come and gone.
0: And people in large cities like New York and Chicago will have gotten drunk and vomited in the streets. Isn't
1: that Chicago the one that dyes the rivers?
0: Probably. Why? (laughs) I mean, just why in general I don't get the whole big deal about St. Patrick's Day?
1: getting the snakes out of ireland and the thing is the snakes were never in ireland in the first place
0: imagine that Mm. (laughs) strokey beard moment it's just not
1: indigenous to the island
0: yeah so if snakes were there somebody put them there yeah so that they could drive them off the island
1: it's kind of (laughs) piperish isn't it
0: a little bit a little bit a little bit strokey beard
1: dubious i wore my green today though
0: yeah well i did too because i like green
1: Um, had a green hat on had a green shirt and a green hoodie Mm -hmm. i was green
0: you were so green
1: i could have been getting after people that failed the city i was so green
0: (laughs) you should have just gone around shouting at people that didn't have green on you have failed this holiday
1: i could use my willpower to make things out of my ring i was so green yeah. Yeah. I could be a villain in the Marvel Universe. I oh, so green. Mm-hmm. Frightening amount of villains in the Marvel Universe wear green. It's, like, ridiculous.
0: Well, the the color green tends to symbolize things like money, greed, jealousy. envy. Yeah, greed, et cetera, yeah. like you said.
1: Acid, poison. Mm-hmm. It's Doctor so Doom. Yeah. Where's green? Green Goblin. Loki. Loki wears green. Hmm. Curious.
0: But... Iron Fist wears green. He's a good guy.
1: True. Rogue wears green. Jean Grey wears green. You'd think with her namesake she'd wear gray.
0: Uh-huh, but um Tish.
1: It doesn't come off on the page very well, I imagine. We're in some kind of brutalist color.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: It's like
1: a vocal exercise.
0: It is a vocal exercise.
1: Are you exercised vocally?
0: Uh Now I am, sure.
1: Okay, well, shall we move on then? Okay. Nice. All
0: right. Do you hear this breath? It's an obsessive breath. Can you feel this beat? It's an obsessive heartbeat. Waiting to be joined with its obsession.
1: Obsessions. My Calvin Klein. You like to do that.
0: <laughs> I have to do it every time now. It's just... It's,
1: it's an OCD thing now.
0: Yep. Sorry. Yeah. Can't unconnect them. But to be fair, they've been connected in my brain since about 1989. So Well,
1: that's the time Obsessions by Calvin Klein was a commercial mm. widely played on televisions.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So my obsession is yet another podcast. I'm listening to the Dead Authors podcast, hosted by Paul F. Tompkins as H.G. Wells. Yeah. <laughs> Using a time machine. That's not his own. It's one he's found. Oh, well. (laughs) So he didn't devise it. And he collects authors from different eras and interviews them. And it's at the UCB Theater. And apparently the proceeds from it go to this reading and writing initiative. Cool. For kids. You know, anyone under 18. And it's quite fun. Had a really bizarre one that was like a double bill of Friedrich Nietzsche and H.P. Lovecraft.
0: Oh, my God. And That's, whoa.
1: Paul F. Tompkins in the middle as H.G. Wells trying to balance the scales between the
0: two of them. Never happen. <laughs> that is crazy. <sighs>
1: Nietzsche just shouting most of the things and then occasionally having stabbing pains in his head and just screaming.
0: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's like,
1: ah! Ah! God is dead!
0: <laughs>
1: I'm reading all these aphorisms with an anti-Jew bent. Go, Only one I despise more than a Jew is a Nazi. And you're like, geez, really hitting that hard, and the anti-woman thing too was hit pretty hard. Yeah, well, yeah,
0: the source material is there, so
1: yeah. Well, he was a man scorned. He was dating this one. Lady, and she dropped him for another philosopher, and he resented that.
0: Well, maybe he shouldn't have been such a dick, and <laughs> she wouldn't have dropped him.
1: Yeah, could so, be. Whatever. It's kind of weird when you take somebody with a really great intellect, and yet they can't see past their own emotional shortcomings. Mm-hmm. And they paint with a broad stroke, all women. Well, his sister, too, was a Nazi sympathizer, so she wasn't a very good example either.
0: <laughs> Yeah, well, it seems to me like that entire family was fucked up. But still, painting all women the same color from only experience with two, that is an extreme. I think
1: even his dad was a priest and with his anti-religion sentiment is like, you got some daddy issues, dude. Yeah. And then meanwhile, Lovecraft is talking about how his parents were insane and he's the son of a whore. (laughs) Referring to Cthulhu, but it was always Sulu. The way he pronounced it. (laughs) And it wasn't the Necronomicon, it was the Necromicon. (coughs) And then Nietzsche would go, San Diego! (laughs) (laughs) So that was a favorite. Lorraine Newman as Mary Shelley.
0: Oh my god.
1: That was one of the more recent ones I listened to. Lovely. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John (laughs) for a Christmas episode.
0: (laughs) It just goes to show you, eyewitness accounts are completely unreliable. Mm-hmm.
1: Another great one is Aesop. Oh. Because he was really positive and loud. <laughs> and every time he'd finish reading one of his fables, he'd go,
0: Aesop! <laughs>
1: There's this great running gag of H.G. Wells getting angry at Jules Verne because he has to share credit for inventing science fiction.
0: Mm. It's like,
1: all Jules did is take a thing that already exists, make it bigger, or make it smaller. Mm
0: -hmm. He didn't
1: invent anything. He didn't invent time travel or wars with other worlds or the Invisible Man.
0: (laughs) That's true. He didn't.
1: (laughs) Just a submarine. A giant squid. It's a squid, but slightly larger. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, oh, it's steampunk. It's a submarine, but wood inside. <laughs> it's it all, like, uh, angry. <laughs> so every once in a while, somebody will poke the bear by bringing up Jules Verne. So I'm a bit obsessed with that. I've been binge listening to those shows and enjoying the hell out of it. Sweet. So I enjoy that a lot. And a lot of improvisers. It is it is an improvised kind of interview. It's kind of a Dick Cavett kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I just bring on this writer and discuss their works and their biography. So the improviser has a little bit of, like, notes.
0: Hmm.
1: <laughs> you know, they read the wiki page on them or something. And yeah. <laughs> come up, and it's quite fascinating. So I look forward to listening to more episodes.
0: Sounds great. Yeah. Fun, uh, fun.
1: Yep. How about your obsession, babe?
0: My obsession, well, honestly, this has been an obsession all my life, but it has been rekindled in the last few weeks, and that would be Carol Burnett.
1: Oh, yes, because you have your DVDs yep. now.
0: Seeing these uncut episodes make you just so depressed about the the rest of the episodes that are now just half-hour cut versions. Yeah. Every time they did a show, they had a massive production number at the end.
1: Yeah, I remember that.
0: And you just don't get that with the cut-down episodes. And so I'm demanding that whoever has the rights to distribute <laughs> those episodes, find the fucking originals. You've got to have them yeah. somewhere. Make it cost $300. I'll still fucking buy it. <laughs> I will fucking buy it because this stuff is amazing. Yes.
1: Still. Well, still. you've long been a fan of sketch comedy anyway, and it was one of the earlier sketch comedy shows.
0: Well, and I've just always felt a kinship with Carol Burnett because redheads and yeah. she has a little sister <laughs> and she can be very good at being awkward. And
1: Yeah, often her sketches wouldn't involve that, like the, the Mama's Family stuff, mm-hmm. which I always felt uncomfortable during. It's a little too real sometimes.
0: Um, having been... To the South, yes.
1: Yeah, it's pretty much like a soap opera, really. I mean, there's a comedy there, but it's a very real sort of Mm -hmm. comedy.
0: And one thing that you don't really get with the cut episodes, you know, all the ones that have been released up until now, is, uh, you know, she's always doing social commentary.
1: Oh, about the pollution. And
0: about pollution. And energy and, crisis. And, yeah, and all, all of these stuff. things. And so, and she was progressive too, like having an African-American singer on her show, a lady. And then they did this sketch for As the Stomach Turns, which is their standard soap opera that's ridiculous. Of course, <laughs> yes. you know, she answers the door before the doorbell rings, that sort of thing.
1: <laughs> is that the one where later seasons Tim Conway's like the butler and he does the old man walk?
0: Um, I am not sure. Yeah. Because it's been so long since I've seen any of the others I couldn't say. Long story short, uh this singer is in the sketch. They open the door and and uh, she says, Oh my, a Negro woman <laughs> <laughs> And what are you doing here? And and the and she says, I've come to integrate your community <laughs> just <laughs> just really banging it on the head of how stupid racism is. Yep. And it was it's just funny. She's a delight. You know, these are the early episodes, so they they have Tim Conway as a guest, but he wasn't part of the Mm -hmm. regular cast yet.
1: Lyle Wagner.
0: Oh, God, Lyle Wagner. What a dreamboat. (laughs) Dear Lord. Mm. So, I always thought he was a dreamboat, but, you know. Oh, and another kinship thing. We're both Tauruses. Yeah, whatever. I just find a great comfort in her comedy i don't know how else to explain it well it is
1: comfortable it's
0: not comfortable comforting yeah because it reminds me that no matter how bad things get carol will always make me laugh there were a lot of bad times for me during my childhood not from family or anything like that it was all bully school stuff yeah and it was every day and so a lot of my time was spent just hiding from people when I could, pretending to be sick so I didn't have to go to school and get bullied.
1: Oh, I did that a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. But my favorite thing, the thing that always took my mind off of it, Carol Burnett. Love you, Carol. Carl! Carl! <laughs> Carl! Carl! <laughs> Carl! 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 <laughs> and, oh, the guest stars, good God. Burt Reynolds. I I, I couldn't believe how funny he was, so... <laughs>
1: And, and I'm they, not a, I'm not a Burt Reynolds fan at all. And I believe he started as a stuntman. He
0: did start as a stuntman. That's not a belief, it's a fact. Yeah,
1: and he just had that charisma and became one of the major action stars of his day. Joy. Joy.
0: Just joy. Joy. So much joy. And I really wish that uh, they put out the rest of the episodes uncut. And you know, I see comments on Amazon. It's like, doesn't Carol know that this is happening? Carol doesn't have control over that, guys. (laughs) My God, are you idiots? Do you not know how distribution rights work? Do you not know how music rights work? (laughs) Do you not know how property rights work? First, you have to go to the person who owns the stuff.
1: Not everything is creator owned.
0: No. And if it was was on a network, chances are the network owns that, Mm -hmm. not the creator.
1: Which would be a media conglomerate. Mm -hmm. So it could be something like, Disney or Time Warner.
0: Well, it was originally on CBS, so, you know, they might still have it. Which
1: might be Viacom.
0: So then you've got that, but now you've also got to get the rights to all of the songs that they sing. True. So that you can rebroadcast those or, you know, have those on DVD. Yeah. People are going to get royalties for that.
1: That's why when you see Saturday Night Live cut down, they usually edit out the musical guests. Exactly. Because they don't want to pay the uh, the royalties.
0: So it's not that Carol doesn't have a say about it, but she doesn't. She has no control over how these episodes are compiled, (laughs) Mm -hmm. about how they're cut, about anything. She has no control over that whatsoever. And stupid people just stop making stupid comments on Amazon and everywhere else. Just stupid people just stop.
1: That's why certain (laughs) singers could get sued for singing a song too much like another song is because of those royalties Mm -hmm. is that the record company still owns that song and so if they move on and sing something similar there's a lawsuit
0: in the 80s they would use you know popular songs on television all the time but they were never sung by the original artist that would cost too much
1: so yeah they get the rights to the song but just the music and not the song itself not yeah. cuz you, you, then you'd have to pay a performance fee i think
0: no that's the thing it is the same it's the same yeah. song person singing it oh that's
1: it. what i'm oh it is the same person singing no it. okay a different
0: person singing yeah, I'm that on the song. same page with you But you were saying it like it was they're just playing the music
1: no no they're playing the music sung by somebody else that way they don't have to pay the original artist a performance fee yes they pay somebody else a cheaper fee right to do a cover Right. Because Street Hawk, I think, did that.
0: Oh, every show did that. The A-Team did it. Knight Rider did it. MacGyver did it. Ad nauseum.
1: So you get a popular song, but sung by somebody else.
0: Yeah, every show did it. That was just how they did things in the 80s.
1: Well, they still do that, because we hear some god-awful covers during Supergirl.
0: Those are actually the original artists doing those fucking covers. That's the shit on their albums and their radio stations. Just because it's a cover, that doesn't mean that that's not that original artist. Wait, what? What I'm saying is, if Cyndi Lauper did a song, right, and it was a cover of somebody else's song, but it's Cyndi Lauper singing it, they're going to use that song. They're not going to get somebody else to sing Cyndi Lauper's cover of that song. Okay,
1: wow. That's really confusing now, because we're talking about the original artist of a cover, rather than somebody... Doing a cover of somebody else's cover of a song.
0: (laughs) You're making this way more complicated than it is. No, when
1: you introduced that, I opened a rabbit hole.
0: In music today, there's a shit ton of covers. Yeah, there is. That's why you hear shitty covers. It's not because someone is making a shitty cover specifically for that episode of Supergirl. (laughs) That shitty cover song already exists. Okay.
1: But they didn't in the 80s. No.
0: Because they
1: just got some session recording artists to do it.
0: Yeah, like the people who do karaoke stuff.
1: Yeah. All right, I got gotcha. you.
0: Okay. Bringing yeah. out a
1: Casio and doing their version of like a virgin or something.
0: Can we get out of this rabbit hole? Do you got yeah. a ladder? All
1: right, I, let's move on. I get what you're saying now.
0: <laughs> okay. You <laughs> waving
1: So, Limelight.
0: Don't really have a whole lot to talk about in the Limelight because we haven't seen anything.
1: No, we did have our practice for the Quantum Comedy Comic Con panel, and there's still some T's to cross, some I's to dot, but with Jordan's help, we really simplified.
0: Well, I wouldn't say simplified as much as streamlined. Streamlined, yeah.
1: A little of both. And managed to get more people involved there'll be a press section where we'll have improvisers asking questions and being able to slip on stage and join in a game mm-hmm. so i have to lock down what games we really want to play because i'm not sure dubbing's gonna work i do like the idea of it i'm not sure it's gonna work
0: yeah well we don't have to worry about that right now
1: no we can decide on them later
0: yeah so yeah we're doing that show this saturday
1: yeah the weekend end before the comic-con weekend so it's kind of a nice prelude to that.
0: Um,
1: Brandy just yawned. Sorry. So really not much other than that. Uh, Little Mermaid.
0: Opens tomorrow yep. at the Ziegfeld.
1: But since you'll have Fridays and Saturdays filled up, it'll be difficult to go late in the evening, so I'll have to catch a matinee.
0: Yeah, well, you haven't. we haven't discussed the reason why my Saturday, Fridays and Saturdays are filled up.
1: Yeah, I thought that was more... In, is it a limelight thing or do you want a news thing?
0: I thought we'd already moved on to news.
1: No, we just barely started Limelight
0: Oh, for fuck's (laughs) sake, we're done with Limelight
1: Okay, so news and reviews Now you can talk about it
0: Fuck Segments Fuck, fuck segments Okay, we'll get
1: rid of all the segments and we'll just have an hour discussion
0: Just a mess, we'll just have a mess How about that? All right. So tired. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she has not slept well, and then daylight savings hasn't helped.
0: Actually, that's the reason why I haven't slept well. Moonlight losings. No, the thing is is that it's not savings at all. It's the same amount of daylight. (laughs) No matter what time you put it at, there's still the same amount of hours of daylight. Yeah. And I don't understand why people get so excited for it to be... Light until 10 o'clock. It's light until 9! Without daylight savings! It's light until 9 o'clock at night! That's unnatural! (laughs) It should not happen! Yeah, you shouldn't be laying
1: your head down to go to bed and have it still be light outside.
0: Yeah, that's wrong. That's wrong. To me, there should be no daylight after 8 o'clock. Period.
1: Okay, take that, son.
0: Yeah! Go away. <laughs> and so, and so it's just, it just flummoxes me why we keep doing this. Why people keep letting it happen. Because there are those people who just are like, oh, yeah, I'm so excited to have that extra hour of sunlight. Why? What can you possibly do that later, you know, that hour between 9 and 10 that you couldn't do between 8 and 9?
1: The only cool thing about daylight savings is that you get to be a time traveler twice a year.
0: Oh, fuck that. You're not a time traveler. Does it go back an
1: hour or forward an hour?
0: Yeah, that's not time traveling. Okay. I wish it were, but it's not. <laughs> Adjusting your clock so that it reads something different is not time travel. <laughs> <laughs> Just, it, it doesn't work that way. Okay. What were we talking about?
1: You're talking about news, oh, right, which is right, right, why right. you have Fridays and Saturdays.
0: Girls aren't funny. On so in it.
1: Yep, she is in an improv sketch troupe.
0: Yeah, well, we t- talked about it last time.
1: Well, in case there's a new listener. Well, you then never Well, they can know. listen
0: to the old episodes.
1: Okay, take that, new listener.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. Brandy's <laughs>
1: out for all of you, the sun. New listeners.
0: Stupid people.
1: Commenters on Amazon.
0: The French. <laughs>
1: what did the French do recently?
0: What haven't they done?
1: Because I know the nuclear <laughs> testing was a big issue, but that was a while back. Lately, <laughs> I don't know what they I know they're...
0: They're always doing something to annoy the rest of the world. backwards
1: regarding, well, yeah, there's problems It was with just a joke,
0: for the love of God.
1: It just made me think if the French were involved in anything recently. Well, I'm sure so, they are. Yeah.
0: We just don't hear about it because we're America.
1: Well, they had some issues a while back that were quite frightening, and our hearts go out to them. Yes. So,
0: yeah. Unfortunately, that's how you hear about world news, is if somebody's getting attacked by mm-hmm. something. Or you watch The Daily Show. That's so how you find out about the rest of the world. Daily Show. So. Yeah, because
1: yeah, we talked about it being St. Patrick's Day, but do we ever talk about Bastille Day? No.
0: No. Do we ever talk about General Lafayette? You don't know who he was.
1: How about Canada Day?
0: What about Canada Day?
1: I don't know. It just seems like something we could talk about. Cinco de Mayo. That's coming soon.
0: Yeah. Girls Aren't Funny.
1: Girls Aren't Funny. You're in the sketch and improv troupe Girls Aren't Funny. Mm-hmm. Your audition... Went through very well. Not like we had any doubts. They already had you in mind.
0: Yeah, but I could have been totally horrible in the audition. You don't know. but tank um, it. Yeah, so we're having improv practices on Friday and sketch writing get-togethers on Saturdays.
1: That's cool.
0: And then our... Other improv troupe that we're doing with Chris Henderson. We've had to move those practices to Saturday morning because Bill can't do evenings and we can only do evenings and I can't get off early anymore because work is fucking crazy.
1: You're there till like five.
0: Yeah. So, so yeah, weekends have just gotten super busy and Chris was trying to get us to do it on Sunday and I'm like, I don't want to (laughs) do it on Sunday. Sunday is the one day. My one day.
1: We all need that one day where we're not having to do anything.
0: At least introverts do. Yeah. Extroverts maybe not so much, Recover. but introverts need downtime,
1: recharge people. time.
0: So yeah, um, in, girls are funny. You're
1: in. Girls aren't funny. So in other news, in Minecraft, I finally reached the end where there's the dragon who blows you up. <laughs> uh huh. And I need to level up and get more arrows and stuff to go back in there. I wonder if I could find other ways around it, like building cobblestone protector walls or something.
0: It will break through it. Okay. It'll break through pretty much any stone except for the the ender stone that is already there. Uh Uh-huh. And something else. I can't remember what... But it still passes through it. It doesn't break it, but it passes through it. So it can still get to you.
1: And I imagine it still has like an eye line, even if I'm behind something. Yeah. So, yeah, because that's the issue is I'm climbing towers to get rid of the orbs that helium. That's
0: what you use your bow and arrow for.
1: But there's the ones in cages. Is my bow and arrow going to go through the cage?
0: Why wouldn't it?
1: Because cages have stopped bows and arrows before. So I'd have to climb up, get rid of the cage, blow up the thing, get back down before the dragon could get me. It's funny because the first time I did it, I actually was doing quite well. But lately, anytime I go in there, I get obliterated.
0: Mm, Well then, get lots of arrows and level up. (laughs) Yep,
1: that's the plan, is to find some ducks or skeletons or something and collect more arrows. So I'll be more prepared. What, it's just
0: ducks and skeletons. I know why, but it's just so funny. I need arrows, so I gotta collect some more ducks and skeletons, man. Yeah, because
1: ducks, because you got feathers. I know! If you get sticks and flint, you can make your own arrows.
0: I know, it's just funny. And
1: then skeletons, they'll drop them.
0: Was just funny. Sounds funny.
1: Because I died in the end, and I it saved right after I went to the end, so I was kind of stuck there. I wonder what would happen if you... Built in Ender Portal at at the end. you go into the nether or nether portal, that's what it meant. Oh. And then I could use the nether portal to get back to the regular world. <laughs> could you? I
0: don't know. Could you do you know if you could even find your other nether portal?
1: That's that's the trick.
0: Yeah. But well, what if it takes you to a different nether?
1: Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, speaking of, let's segue into that twilight zone
0: twilight zone podcast
1: you appear on
0: i did i got to be a board telephone operator
1: yeah you did
0: tom asked me to do this a few weeks ago and he said it's really it's really not that big of a deal i'm like i'm just like tom i love doing this stuff i don't care if it's three lines give me anything i'll be doing it for you (laughs) No problems. Because it's a tribute episode to George Clayton Johnson, who had written the script for the next episode that Tom will be focusing on. Correct. Which is Penny for Your Thoughts. Is it Penny is for Thoughts? The one
1: possible. where he flips the coin and it lands on the side. Yep. I like that episode It's a, lot.
0: a good episode. I really like it because... I, I really like Dick York. Yes. And I've always liked Dick York. And everybody else remembers him from Bewitched. I remember him from the Twilight Zone before I remember him from Bewitched. Wow. True so everybody fan. everybody else is going, Oh yeah, it's that guy from Bewitched and I'm watching Bewitched and going, Oh, it's that guy from the Twilight Zone <laughs> She runs go. deep, guys. <laughs> She's
1: dipped, as Jackie Cation would say. I'm
0: dipped. So uh and I just I just think it's a really well done episode and it's not your typical Suddenly, I can read mine sort of thing. Mm. Um, it, it has interesting consequences. True. I, uh, I really like it. I think it's well crafted. I think Dick York does a great job. So do the peripheral actors that I don't know the names of. But yeah. yes, but I mean, George Clayton Johnson also wrote, he co-wrote Lo- Logan's Run, and he wrote episodes of Star Trek, and he wrote for Alfred Hitchcock Presents. I mean, he wrote so many things that had a heavy influence on my early love of sci-fi and, and fantasy.
1: What, The Four of Us Are Dying? hmm That's one of the episodes he wrote? Yep. He was part of this collective of writers known as The Group.
0: Yeah. I would not have liked to have been in that group. No, because yeah, the whole idea was to
1: get together and just give lose each other shit. All pretense mm-hmm. and just poke at each other. You're not writing because of this and this and this and this. It's like, oh, I couldn't handle that.
0: I, I couldn't either. But I'm not a writer by trade, so that's yeah. fine. He, he finished the episode by reading a short story by George Clayton Johnson that was, I don't know how much of it was autobiographical. I mean, it sounds like it it's sounds something he claims that he experienced, but it also sounds like an episode of The Twilight
1: Zone. It's a nice little hook because it relates to writing for The Twilight Zone, but at the same time, it's a personal story. So it blurs the line between those two things, and I think that's that was a nice trick for something in The Twilight Zone magazine.
0: Anyway, I really enjoyed the episode, not just because I was in it. I mean, I only have three lines, (laughs) it's really just, you know, it's not like I had a huge impact on it, but...
1: It's just a little bit of flavor, a little atmosphere.
0: Yeah, but uh, I get to appear in a future episode, can't say what it's about. So, thanks, Tom.
1: Yeah, thank you, Tom. Because I
0: love doing it.
1: Having her, and also releasing so many Twilight Zone podcasts in a row. Yeah, he's on a roll! Yeah, and there's a recent uh, Strange and Deadly as well.
0: yes. Which was also very enjoyable. Mm -hmm. We have a new DVR again. Yes.
1: (laughs) We finally got rid of our landline, so we're no longer tied to the phone that way.
0: We upgraded our security system, and now it's wireless. And now we can arm it and disarm it from our phones.
1: Which is cool.
0: So great. That was the only reason we still had the landline was that. And now that's gone. So we had to renegotiate our terms with Comcast. <laughs> so, just...
1: so we got a better DVR so we can record six things at once, which is good because mm-hmm. sometimes there'd be conflicts and then we'd have three shows on at the same time.
0: Uh, more than sometimes. Yeah. It's like all of Tuesday. All of Tuesday <laughs> evening from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. It was just fucked. Ah. And so there are certain shows that I had to watch only on demand because we couldn't record them all. Now we can just record them all. Right. That makes me happy. We also get HBO and stars for free for a year. So, finally going to catch up on the last two seasons of Game of Thrones. That's cool. Over the summer. Because, you know, you start watching it and you think, oh, yeah, I'll just watch one episode. And three episodes later, you realize, okay, yeah, I'm going to stop and go to bed now. That's one in the morning.
1: <laughs> yep, true enough. <laughs> so, It's that kind uh, of show.
0: But then tomorrow, tomorrow, new episodes of Daredevil start. So... God damn it! Stop putting so much good stuff out that I need to watch.
1: Yeah, most of it's superhero stuff, because Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has returned. Yes. So that's something else to keep up on.
0: Our new remote has a voice function. Yes. You can press a button and tell it to find something. Like, I could press the button and say, show me all the shows on Sci-Fi Channel. Except I'd probably trip and say Siffy. Yeah. Because... Because if Dark Matter's still gonna come back, I wanted to see that. Cause I watched the first season on Netflix, and oh, I really okay.
1: liked it. Yeah, I don't really watch sci-fi anymore.
0: I don't much either, but there are things that I do like still. So thumbs up on the new DVR. It was actually very easy to activate because it didn't require getting on a computer. You could just do it on the TV screen, finally.
1: Oh, and that upgraded soon. Because before, we'd have to wait just about a day for oh, it I know. to the, program. The
0: guide would be incomplete, mm-hmm. you know, for like two days. It could go like two days into the future, and then after that, it was all to be announced. You
1: know, almost instantaneous. Mm-hmm. I think it
0: took like five minutes total. And
1: still um, pretty loud. Hear it over there like the jet engine.
0: Uh, no. <laughs> no. Your Xbox sounds like a jet engine.
1: Uh... Hyperbole.
0: And then my PlayStation 4 sounds like a smart car.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) A little battery in there.
0: It's very quiet. (laughs) Very, very quiet.
1: As long as it's got a fan in there to cool it down. Oh, yeah. Of course it does. Of course it does. Okay. So we talked about a DVR. Yeah. yeah.
0: So last thing, X next week. So you know what's going to happen, guys.
1: Yeah, we'll have episodes if I decide to record panels again. We haven't really talked about what panels to hit.
0: That's because I wasn't sure what panels we could hit because I needed to find out the times of our photo ops.
1: True that.
0: Which, this time... Remember how at Comic-Con in September we didn't know the times of our photo ops until like the day before? Yeah, that
1: was frustrating. That was really
0: stupid. Really stupid. Mm -hmm. People can't plan their day if they don't know when their fucking photo ops are. Yeah,
1: especially when there's other things involved, like panels...
0: I think that they learned their lesson from that last time, because every time they have a little misstep, yes, they correct it. Correct. So that's why it just keeps getting better. And I'm going to finally meet Alan Tudyk and Summer Glau, mm-hmm. and I will have the photographic evidence to prove it, bitches. Yeah, you're
1: gradually collecting all the stars from Firefly.
0: Mm-hmm. I got five to go. Cool. If Morena Baccarin would ever come here and not cancel... <laughs>
1: Especially after Deadpool,
0: yeah, she's going to be she'd harder be a to get. <laughs> really
1: hot item after Deadpool.
0: Yeah, her her appearance price just went double. Yeah, just V
1: was enough to kind of send her up a little bit because a lot of people are saying she was like one of the better aspects of that
0: reboot. Well, she's a very good actress. Yeah. So I still got Miranda Bakarin, Ron Glass, um, Jewel State, Sean Maher, and and Miranda Bakarin. Yeah. Yeah. That's the five I'm missing.
1: There's always peripheral characters if you decide you want beyond just the cast, but like the crew of Serenity, but why?
0: What do you mean the crew?
1: Like outside of the crew. People outside of the crew. Oh. Like whatever the bowler hat wearing dude was.
0: You mean Mark Shepard?
1: Yeah, Mark Shepard's character, whatever I'm, his name was.
0: Well, hasn't he been here? I think so. I think he came to not this last FanX, i not Comic-Con, but X last January. Ah. I'm 90% sure. <laughs> But you know everybody knows him now from Supernatural.
1: And then there's always Chiwetel. But then what's the chances he'll come? Because he's more like a straight up dramatic actor.
0: He's so good. Yeah, I really like I him. I don't see
1: him going to cons until maybe his later years.
0: Oh, and Jeremy Renner's coming.
1: Cool. Hawkeye. We have we
0: have an Avenger.
1: Yeah, Mission Impossible, The Born Whatever. That was part of the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bourne I remember what
0: yeah. I'm trying to remember the name. Of it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Anyway, yeah, so...
1: Every once in a while I'll get an Avenger.
0: It's going to be interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm excited. I get
1: excited just for just the general atmosphere of it.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, seeing the celebrities is cool, but it's like just the general being there and just the event itself.
0: I wonder if that guy who engraves rings will be there again. That would just tickle me pink.
1: That'd be cool. I don't know what I'd get, if anything.
0: I would get one that says Team Cap. That's cool. (laughs) Because I'm all about the cap. Yeah. In fact, one of the days I haven't decided which one. Probably Saturday. I'm going to go in my Captain America shirt and my red sneakers. Sweet. My Captain America messenger bag. My your, Captain America watch. Wash. I don't have any Captain America jewelry other than that, which really makes me sad. So.
1: We should get you a Captain America ball cap if we can find one that fits.
0: Right. One that fits my giant Celtic head.
1: Yeah, you and me both.
0: Superhero stuff always has a, bo- a booth.
1: Yeah, they have cool stuff. Yeah. Usually, their are hats I like to look at. That's where I got my red sun hat.
0: Yes, and that's where I got my watch. Yeah. It's also where I got my messenger bag. Very cool. That's what I used our $25 gift card for <laughs> because you wouldn't buy anything, so I bought something. Yeah.
1: And we have that portfolio bag that you bought at, what was it? Michaels. Joann's? Or Michael's. Was it Michael's? Michael's. Yeah, so do I have a nice way to carry our art. Of oh. all sizes. <laughs> I'll also bring the dragon bag for Funko Pop and that kind of thing.
0: Chances are we're each going to end up with a couple of Funko Pops.
1: Chances are, especially if Funko returns, which it sounds like it will.
0: Well, and they always have other places that have a ton of things. Lots of them. Uh, and different selections of things. It's really quite interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's where I got my new throttu.
0: Yeah, one of these days I'm going to have a Baymax.
1: You keep Looking at it and then deciding to get something other than...
0: Well, this past time, I didn't really see any Baymaxes.
1: I saw a couple, but you still were like, I'd rather get this, like, your Apollo.
0: Yeah, well, when am I ever going to see that again? Well, oh, also on had Amazon.
1: You <laughs> signed by Richard Hatch yes. since he was there, so...
0: Because I can.
1: Yeah, the, the Funko Captain Apollo. Yep. Box is signed by the
0: Haptor. And he's a cool dude. Yeah. Okay. Feedback... Your feedback. Feedback. I'll show you yours if you show me mine. Okay, who wants to go start? I
1: guess me first then?
0: I'll show you yours if you show me mine. Yeah,
1: it's like... <laughs> I'm tired too, so I didn't even notice that. It's like the head's I wind tells you lose situation. Uh, yep. Okay, here we go. Got a message from Murray the Pie Man, also known as Burry. Hurry says, hi, guys. First off, thank you for the lovely shout out. Much appreciated. I've been meaning to feed back, but haven't got around to it. So apologies if I drift a little. First, congratulations on the newish birth. Now, sidekicks. One of my favorite sidekicks is the Marvel Universe's Rick Jones. He's Rick the Jones. closest thing to a professional sidekick. Sure, he started life as the idiot who decided a gamma bomb test range was a great place for harmonica practice. <laughs> but this led to him getting his first sidekick, Gig. Well, he kind of followed the Hulk around, but it counts. He has since been a sidekick to Cap, briefly taking on the Bucky role, and two Captain Marvel's. There is an archetype which could be classed as a sidekick, the assistant. You know, the guy who keeps the secret lair tidy, occasionally acts as chauffeur pilot, sounds like Kato. Mm-hmm. And is usually a confidant of some sort. Someone like Wong from Doctor Strange. Would this really be a sidekick, though?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more or less. I think so.
1: As an addition, really enjoyed the EBM special. I've not heard much of it before. I endeavor to check more of that out. Oh, there's plenty out there. Oh, yes. Uh, Alpha Matrix label?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. That's pretty much all they release, <laughs> or most of it. I'll leave it there, as the problem with mixing new podcasts and ones from your back catalog is that I'm often not sure if I'm talking about something that you mentioned a few weeks ago or five years. (laughs) That's how little we change over the years, by the way. It's pretty much the same show it's always been, more or less. Sort of. When was it you covered Sailor Moon again? That was a while ago. Anyway, keep up the good work. Always a fun and often informative podcast. Pari.
0: Oh, thanks, Pari. Great to hear from you. That's so kind.
1: Great feedbacker. Also feedbacks to the broadcast and to the Black Dog podcast.
0: Yes, and his, his feedback is always very intelligent. It makes me think about things that I didn't necessarily think about before.
1: And even if he doesn't like an episode of, like, Next Generation... You don't really feel the negativity.
0: No. Well, part of it's yeah. his glorious accent. <laughs> yeah, he's always he just, positive
1: on stuff. So it's...
0: Even when he's angry, know. he doesn't sound angry. Yeah, he
1: just, <laughs> just kind of uses that charm and wit. And he's like, yeah, well, he didn't like the episode, but he still had a good time with it in some weird way.
0: Yep. Always looking for that silver lining. Thanks, Purry. Yeah. And today, how convenient. Thank you, Rick. We've got a message from Rick.
1: Rick. 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 Frederick
0: Dom is on Rick. Rick. And he says, greetings. Great podcast on sidekicks. Why, thank you. Thank you very much. So is the sidekick of a villain considered a sidekick, or are they just a minion? I think it would be interesting to explore the sidekicks of the big bad, or do villains tend to be lone wolves? Mm. We touched um, upon
1: that a little bit with the henchman. I think the henchman is the sidekick. Yeah. And minions are a bit lower than that.
0: A lot of the time, villains don't work together because they yeah. want everything for themselves.
1: Because, yeah, if you look at Destro and Cobra Commander, mm-hmm. there's some animosity there.
0: It's not like Loki and Doctor Doom are going to team up.
1: Though because, they have.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's it's really kind of far-fetched because, honestly, which one of them is going to allow anyone else to share the credit?
1: Well, that's the thing about, like, the Legion of Doom. Yeah. Like, how likely is it that it's all not. these supervillains would work together? They
0: wouldn't. They would be constantly infighting and trying to kill each I other. I guess
1: that's technically what Spectre is,
0: mm-hmm.
1: is, like, this conglomeration of supervillains. It's like, how realistic is that, really?
0: Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, he continues, there is one sidekick you did fail to mention. Who's that? Morgan Grimes from Chuck. Yes and no. And he, and he finishes with saying, I hang my head. When he wrote that, I started thinking about it. And I thought, actually, at the beginning of the series, Chuck and Morgan are on very equal footing.
1: So it's a status thing.
0: They're they're basically, they're the sidekicks. We're yeah. watching the sidekick story he on might. Chuck. Chuck is the story of the sidekicks rise to power. Because for the first two seasons, yes, he's got the intersect in his head, but he can't do anything other than tell them information or, you know, defuse a bomb <laughs> with a porn site. And just, you know, he does things like that, but he can't, he can't fight. He can't fly a helicopter he you know sarah and casey are doing all of the actual agent stuff right he's the sidekick
1: until he get well even after he gets the intersect he's still kind of in that sidekick role until he develops the martial arts stuff too well see
0: that's the thing when he gets intersect 2.0 which is at the very end of season two right season three becomes a whole different ball game
1: so it's like he's in training when he becomes an agent. Yeah, he gets upgraded from sidekick status. And then I guess in that sense, Morgan steps in as the sidekick.
0: Yeah. So, but I never really thought of Morgan as the sidekick. That that title never occurred to me when it came to Morgan.
1: Only in really late seasons where he's involved in the spy stuff. Because if he's not involved, it doesn't count. He's just comic relief you have to be involved in the crime fighting aspect to be included.
0: Well, he is. Well, there there how... are situations where he is and then yeah. season 5 he has the intersect.
1: Right. Cuz it seemed like for a while they were keeping it secret from him and then when he knew, I guess he slot into the sidekick role. Yeah.
0: Well, he kept trying to be the sidekick and Casey wouldn't let him.
1: That's another thing is how responsible is he, you know, how many responsibilities does he get? Because if you're not involved, then you're not a sidekick.
0: Let's just say this. He saved the day more than once. True.
1: Yeah, he's kind of in a weird area. It's like the Schrodinger sidekick or something. Yeah. It's like you have to observe him doing sidekick stuff for him to be a sidekick.
0: But the thing is, is that you can't have Morgan without Chuck and you can't have Chuck without Morgan. They're, Mm. They're a symbiotic relationship in that respect. And so that's why I guess I never thought of Morgan as a sidekick. Because Chuck started out as the sidekick. So thank you for that, Rick. I'm sorry we hurt your feelings. Uh, Yeah.
1: I could see how we'd miss it. Mm -hmm. And even though Chuck's a really important show to you, it's it's an easy one to miss because it's not that obvious, I don't think.
0: It's an ensemble thing. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about sidekicks at all.
1: Yeah, because you have the general, you have all the agents... It really is a team, and when you have a full-on team, it's difficult to point out a single sidekick. Yeah. Because it tends to be the hero sidekick situation. So there's one and his assistant. Mm -hmm. And with Chuck, it doesn't quite fit that mold.
0: That's how I felt. That's how I feel. How I felt and how I feel.
1: And how you will continue to feel? Yes. How you will have felt? And how I'll. That particular case freaks foreigners out. The future perfect?
0: Damn it. My brain hurts. Um.
1: I will have felt. It's like, what? (laughs) You're talking in the past tense about something that's going to happen in the future. What the fuck's going on?
0: That's because English doesn't obey coherent rules. Yep. The cat is getting ready to have a pillow.
1: Yeah, he loves pillows. Oh, no, he's coming over. over, Because
0: we talked about him and now he's going to say hi.
1: Because I was about to get up.
0: You weren't about to get up. I was. You were? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dark Track of the Fortnite.
1: Yep. So, as you said, the dark track of the Fort Knight is a bit of new German metal. At least that's what I classify it as. Sweet. <laughs> it's what it sounds like, though they call it gothic electro rock. But they were founded in 2001. This is the band Battlescream. With members Alex Pest, Rene Passler, Tony Donath, Simon Schreiber, and Heiko Grotschel And they come from Dresden. In Germany, and like a lot of the new German metal bands, they have that great combination of chuggy guitars and synthesizers. Mm. And you can see how their influences would be Project Pitchfork mm. and Rammstein.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's a little bit of like Icebreaker in there and oomph. For something so specific as new German metal, there's actually quite a few bands in the genre. Yeah. Which you wouldn't expect. Even Lom Immortel sometimes gets included. Right. So, very cool. Auf Deutsch vocals, chuggy guitar, tons of synths, some programming stuff in there. So, play you the song Paranoid by Battlescreen.
0: Back to Kai. Als sie kamen, paranoid getränkte Farben Überzogen den Verstand in ein flanktes Gewand paranoid.
1: you what you thought okay because you get mad when i do
0: <laughs> if i have something to add i will add it you usually sum up my feelings anyway
1: well, that's pretty much what it, i described it as is you can hear the the metal approach mixed in with some electronics and that's pretty much what it is with german vocals
0: yep yeah chuggy guitar Chuggy guitar I love chuggy guitar
1: and surprisingly easy Band to find on facebook i thought i'd have to search this one down for information but they're like right there good deal so easy to find imagine battle scream is unusual so it's mm-hmm. a good search engine optimization kind of name yes. yeah yeah i like it
0: i like it so we r- like it rockin
1: and the inclusion of the electronic with the rock elements works really well i think it's a nice fusion of the two one doesn't really overpower the other Yes. which I think is what you want in that genre. You want a nice balance mm-hmm. of the the traditional and the electronic. And now here is the host of the Dead Authors podcast, Mister H.G. Wells. Sir
0: Arthur, it's it's a it's
1: a pleasure to have you here. It's, it's a, a, a good to see you, Herbert. How yes, have you been? I've been very well, thank you. I've very, been very good. Well. A, thank you for for making the time. Thank you for allowing me to abduct you from your own time. and yes, Transport
0: it you here was a bit of a surprise at first. It was, wasn't it? Yes, it was. <laughs> I almost came at you like I came at her. <laughs> no
1: one ever sees it coming. No. The time machine, just despite the racket it makes. It does. It sounds like a bunch of children whistling. <laughs> may, may, may I tell you a secret? Please. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> I've recorded a bunch of children whistling. I felt it needed
0: something. That's a recording yes. in a time machine. That's right. So you've used your time machine and that's thought right. to yourself, ah, that's bullshit as it is. <laughs> yes, <Yeah, exactly. laughs> Indeed. I need to ramp it up a bit. Yes, it was too... Uh,
1: you, you would think, once the time machine was completed, mm. I, would have th- I would have said, oh, here we go, everything's fine, all the bells and whistles. Didn't have whistles, turns out. Yeah. Plenty of bells! Shall we get on to the point?
0: Let's get to the point.
1: So we're going to talk about something that's been on the docket forever, mm-hmm. and that's urban legends.
0: Urban legends.
1: And I remember hearing... About certain urban legends as a kid. And we'll talk about a few popular ones once I find the list again. So I had to reboot the computer. And urban legends reminds me of this episode of Northern Exposure. wherein one of the native Inuit persons was talking about fairy tales and folklore and that sort of thing. And trying to figure out what the social import Im, importance
0: importance importance <laughs> i'm so fucking tired too <laughs> uh,
1: the social i guess import works too but it sounds weird i don't know the social importance of urban legends is to like the white community and it was turned off by all these stories like the spider eggs and the hair you know the big beehive hairstyle mm-hmm. and there ends up being spiders in there and it's like what does that do for your culture? I mean, does that really add anything? It's
0: That's the thing. White people don't have culture.
1: Well, we do. It's just a different approach to it. And I think with a lot of urban legends, it's an expression of our paranoia. Mm. It's stress that gets expressed in another way. Because, yeah, we're not worrying about wolves coming to eat us anymore. That kind of primal fear gets shifted into something else like the killer in the back seat or the person that flashes their headlights at you and if you don't flash them back they come and kill you or something stupid like
0: that or they're flashing their lights at you because there's a killer in your back seat
1: yep or the guy with the (laughs) hook hand and yeah yeah it was just funny to see this person just shaking his head in wonder at urban legends and what their meaning was The world we live in is fucked up, Mm. and we realize that, and urban legends point that out. They're kind of similar to conspiracy theories. Mm. It's this distrust. Like, with a lot of conspiracy theories, there's this, again, this kind of paranoia that things are more involved than they really are, or... That the government would fake the moon landing for whatever reason? I guess because of the Cold War and to get advantage over the Russians or something? Whatever. Yeah, yeah. it's like, why why would they do that, though? Do you have a history with urban legends at all? Um, uh... (laughs) Not really? Do you remember hearing a lot of them as a kid?
0: Yeah, but I can't, at this moment, remember any of them. Well,
1: I've got a list here from list25.com. There's 25 urban legends that are popular and still talked about today. And at number 25, we have Mr. Rogers was a Navy SEAL. And so it's kind of a legend that he was once a sniper in Vietnam and was responsible for a lot of deaths. And that's the only reason he wears that his traditional sweater is to cover up tattoos that he got <laughs> <laughs> in the Navy. But he was never a Navy SEAL and no. had no tattoos and was not even in the military.
0: I had never actually ever heard that.
1: Again, like a conspiracy that something's being held secret from you. But
0: where did they... Who started that? Where did that come from? Well, it's like I the, the just whole ridiculous.
1: death hoaxes, like Paul McCartney having died. Mm-hmm. It was, that was long a thing. And even people to this day thinking that he was replaced. Sure, yeah, uh-huh, though I know that Mr. Rogers started his show because he really was upset at the entertainment for kids, oh, yeah, that was on television in the day, yes, and so he decided to do his own thing,
0: and he did, yeah, and everybody knows who he is,
1: yeah, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood at number twenty four probably one of the longest running ones is Bloody Mary,
0: oh, Bloody Mary. And it's funny
1: because we were talking about Pazuzu recently.
0: <laughs> well, it's because I walked through and did Pazuzu hands. You did Pazuzu hands,
1: and <laughs> we said Pazuzu like three times, and then the light went out. Yep. It was freaky.
0: Well, the the light is plugged into a remote. Right. So that we can turn it on from a distance and not have to lean over and turn it on and off. Because it's like right in the corner of the room, but it's yeah. three feet away from the edge of anything.
1: Yeah, you still have to reach to get the yeah. the knob.
0: So neither of us, I mean, you were sitting on the couch here, but you weren't close enough to touch the lamp. I was in the kitchen. Right. And now there is, I I have a remote of the same kind in the bedroom where one of my lamps is plugged into it, but the remote will work either lamp. Yeah. Because they have three different plugs on them. So you can put something in plug one or something in plug two or something in plug three, and it corresponds to the button on the thing. So sometimes I accidentally turn the light off on you. It's happened. But this one, I was not in the bedroom. Nope. And I was nowhere near the remote, neither were you, and suddenly, boop. It's kind of funny
1: because we were talking about Candyman as well. Yeah. <laughs> and Beetlejuice and all these, not that we're big fans of Beetlejuice, but just because it was in that category of characters you name mm. and that calls them. And Bloody Mary is that thing of getting like a candle and going to the bathroom mirror and repeating Bloody Mary three times and then you see her.
0: Yeah. Um, No. No. <laughs> why would you want to do that? It's just a stupid thing to scare children.
1: Also, why invite trouble?
0: Yeah. Why, why mess with things you don't understand? That's a stupid thing to do. I mean, even not that I think that it's true, but I think if you get scared enough, you will see things that aren't actually there. So, But I, I actually, every once in a while, I have a little situation where like, I'm washing my face and... I've just rinsed it off and I'm patting it dry with a towel. And am I going to open my eyes and see something behind me? (laughs) I have seen too many horror movies. Oh,
1: that old trope of something appearing in the mirror.
0: The one that actually scared me the most was the one in An American Werewolf in London. When he he had opened the medicine cabinet and then he shuts it again. There's his dead friend.
1: I also like the one in Evil Dead 2 where the reflection ash reaches out of the mirror and grabs him.
0: Yeah, but that didn't actually scare me. Yeah. But then I saw American Werewolf in London on a stormy night. It was just a stupid thing to do.
1: Yeah, that adds to it. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, and apparently Mary, it was Mary Worth, who's reportedly a person that was executed for being a witch.
0: Oh, great. So, yeah. Hmm.
1: At 23, Kennedy and the Jelly Donut.
0: And Eddie Izzard does the thing about this. But uh, it has since been disproved that saying ich bin ein Berliner means I am a donut. Yes. It's maybe a more formal way of saying I am a Berliner, but it still means I'm a Berliner.
1: Yep. <laughs> Sorry, Eddie. So he didn't say he was a jelly donut. He just said it in a very formal way of- Mhm saying that he is a person of Berlin. Yep. Number 22, the dissolving tooth. That's putting a tooth into a can of Coca-Cola and having it dissolve. Bullshit. And there's a whole series of urban legends surrounding Coca-Cola that are collectively known as Coke lore.
0: <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny, but it is.
1: And... The common one is that if you were to leave a tooth in a cup of Coke overnight, by morning the tooth would be completely dissolved. Bullshit. But it's quite untrue. thing is, anything can act as a solvent. I mean, even water. So it's... Yeah.
0: But here's here's the, the big problem with that. Teeth are made of bone. Enamel, yeah. Yeah. But they're bone. Yeah. And... You can't dissolve bone with Coke overnight. <laughs> not I'm sorry. Overnight. But hydrochloric acid maybe. Yep. Maybe. But not
1: Coke. But not overnight, no.
0: Because if Coke could do something like that, it would basically destroy your esophagus the first time you drink it.
1: Yeah. Why would you drink something that acidic?
0: It's ridiculous. Mm. It's just, it's... Well, also the
1: sugar, I think, is something, but yeah. Even so. Bacteria. Common sense, guys. Yeah. Have some. Number 21, the Good Samaritan, which is somebody's having a problem on the road. They have a flat tire or something, and you stop to help them out. And it turns out the person is either famous or super rich, and they send you a bunch of money later on for having helped them. That and is a gets
0: stupid urban legend. Told
1: time and time again. And the person always changes. It's like Elon Musk or something.
0: Who like cares? That that,
1: that is yeah. that's not or a stupid that's not Bill a, Gates.
0: That's not an urban legend. It's a stupid story. Yeah,
1: it's a stupid story, yeah.
0: Uh, I've never heard that. That's ridiculous.
1: It's apparently very common and just the name gets changed out. And you get that a lot with urban legends, is they just shift the name to whoever fits the super wealthy celebrity type that would send you lots of money
0: well it can't be that common because i've never heard of it ever
1: yeah okay number 20 walt disney is cryogenically frozen
0: no just his head
1: (laughs) he was actually cremated so yeah yeah, that's not true
0: well you know people like to make up things I don't know. I don't know why people like to make up things. It's just weird because there is absolutely zero evidence of pointing to cryogenic freezing for Walt Disney. What would be the point? Yeah, that he
1: would be reanimated in later days.
0: you think
1: like Howard Hughes or somebody like that would have the same kind of legend around them. You know, somebody somewhat eccentric and a bit of an outsider that did happen to have a lot of money and resources and if you look at Walt Disney's involvement in early robotics, so... Which is
0: why in Futurama, he's a head on a spider robot. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the end
1: of Wild Wild West.
0: Yep. It's very silly.
1: At 19, sewer gators.
0: Oh, sewer gators. Like people
1: getting a little pet alligator in New York City and then flushing them down the toilet. And then having the alligator grow in the sewers and attacking people like a chud.
0: I don't see how that would be possible.
1: And it dates back to the 1930s, this urban legend.
0: <sighs> People were far more gullible then.
1: Very sensationalist. But there's really no evidence to support it. Of course. Oh, here's a nice ghost story one. The Vanishing Hitchhiker. Oh, yes. That one gets told time and time again. Time they
0: and time again.
1: Pick up a hitchhiker and drop him off at a location. And then yeah. it turns out it's the site of an accident.
0: Yeah, well, sometimes I've heard it told where it's a young woman walking along the side of the road. Mm-hmm. And she's like in a prom dress or something. And they pick her up and take her to, you know, her house. And But before she gets out of the car, she doesn't ever get out of the car. She just disappears when they get there. Yeah,
1: she's like in the back seat, and you turn and she's gone. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh, Chills up the spine. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> 17, The Kidney Heist. A kidney heist. Yep, that you're at a bar, you're drinking, there's some hot chick's picking up on you, you go out with her, you black out, you wake up in a tub full of ice, and you're missing a kidney. you got a bandage on your back so that people are harvesting organs. And saw this in a few like horror movies or television based around that urban legend of yeah. people hijacking organs
0: it's just another punishment for people who have vices it's another punishment story yep it's like oh you drink well you're gonna have one of your kidneys stolen you shouldn't have been drinking you wouldn't have blacked out you wouldn't have been gullible whatever
1: and it got to be a really super widespread story and then it turned out that when they wanted people to come forward nobody did you know anybody had this happen to them you know nobody came forward yeah because there
0: was nobody to come forward
1: 16 the classic killer in the back seat
0: that is based on actual circumstances Mm. because that these days you know people they don't hide in the back seat they hide under your car
1: that's a good way to get run over
0: yeah but that's the thing they get you before you get in the car
1: oh so if you have like one of those super hijacked trucks
0: not even that.
1: Because most cars, I think they're...
0: Well, cars today, yeah. but Yeah. But most vehicles... I mean, it depends on the kind of vehicle it is. But somebody could, you know, be hanging out under your car. And you come to get in the car, they grab your ankle, pull you under, and do what they want with you.
1: Yeah, I think that was in the remake of Maniac that happened.
0: Yeah. The, the thing is, this really something like that only kind of works once. And then... If there's a news story about it and they warn people about it, then everybody's looking for it and then it doesn't work anymore. The
1: thing is, if I was an attacker, I wouldn't get under the car because you're kind of pinned down under the car. You've just cut out your mobility and any of your exit strategy is greatly reduced. Hiding behind another car, mm-hmm. well, I guess if it was a parking structure with cameras or something if you slid under a car to hide that way
0: yeah there's no point in it it's just it's one of those things but
1: and how could you not notice somebody being in your back seat and i see that in film and television today is i think going up to my car i'd notice if somebody was in the back seat
0: well it's difficult to say with 100 percent certainty but i believe that you are correct (laughs) there might be circumstances where you're distracted you're not looking at your car You are on the phone, and you're looking at something else, and Mm -hmm. you're just, you know, you have the key fob, you unlock the door, you get in the car, you didn't even look in the back seat.
1: Well, even if you use a key fob, doesn't the light usually come on?
0: If you are distracted by Ah. something else, you won't notice what's in your back seat (laughs) until it's too late. Yep. And if you have a minivan, you're fucked.
1: Ah, 15, the babysitter and the man upstairs. The call's coming coming from from inside inside the the house. house. Yeah, I could see people watching a movie and then that becoming confused with something that really happened.
0: Unless you have two lines in a house, which at the time this started being popular. Yeah. Most people had not the the uh, <laughs> wealth with which to pay for two phone lines.
1: Yeah, when you're calling the police to tra- trace the call and then it comes back to the house... It's like how could you call your own house? Is it's weird?
0: Yeah, it's the the only way you could do it is if you had two phone lines.
1: Yeah, and how many houses would have that? Well, unless say somebody worked from home, and then if they worked from home, yeah, well, what's the chances of having a babysitter?
0: Which which is funny, and I may have mentioned this before. I'm getting really strong déjà vu. Okay, there's an episode of Heart to Heart.
1: <laughs> of course, there is. <laughs> Isn't there always?
0: It was a situation where um, Jennifer was being terrorized by someone. They had, you know, like four or five phone lines. And so she was being terrorized on the phone by this this person. She looks at the phone and she sees that the other line is lit. And so she knows the guy's in the house. Uh My memory gets fuzzy after that, but I just thought, hey, it's like that babysitter story, except she's not an idiot.
1: Yeah, a lot of these were TV episodes, too, you know, they... And it makes you wonder what the source is. If it was first a story being told that was adopted by or screen or well, what have you.
0: What what time period did this story start?
1: Oh, the the babysitter one? Yeah. I remember movies from like the late 60s, early 70s. Yeah,
0: see? So it's not like Heart to Heart originated that story. No. So uh,
1: Yeah, and it makes you wonder yeah, if, the, if there was a story... Of it happening before a film or yeah, which came first.
0: Yeah, but uh, the actuality of that happening in the time period where it became popular is extremely unlikely. Okay,
1: this is one I haven't heard before. It's called Humans Can Lick Too. What? Yeah, so I might have to read this to make sense out of it. And what is probably one of the more disturbing urban legends out there, a girl is given a dog by her parents to keep her company while they are away. One night, she was awakened by a dripping sound. She got up and went to turn off the tap properly after which she came back to bed while letting her hand hang over the edge as the dog licked her fingers. The dripping sound didn't stop, though, so this scenario played out several more times with the girl returning to bed and falling asleep with the dog licking her fingers yet again. The final time, however, she decides to try locating... Where exactly the drip is coming from. She looks around only to find the sound emerging from within her cupboard. She opens it up to find her dog with its neck cut and a note saying humans can lick too. As in there is a person licking her fingers.
0: That is stupid.
1: That is stupid. Who would buy that? (laughs) That one's really convoluted and weird. Mm -hmm. It's like, what? It's like a campfire story.
0: Humans don't have long enough tongues to lick like a dog. And you would be able to feel the difference between a dog's face and a human's face. I mean, that is just completely devoid of any kind of common sense at all.
1: Yeah. It's just weird.
0: And what's the point of it?
1: Killing the dog and then licking this it, the note itself. Okay, that was weird. The phone just rang when we were talking about this. The but, call's
0: coming from inside the yeah, house.
1: But uh, what was I even talking about? Okay, the note is the weirdest thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Why did, did the this... Dog killer, see the dog licking her fingers before? I mean, it's just weird.
0: And why are the parents leaving this girl alone? Yeah. I mean, it's just rife with stupidity.
1: Yeah. Aren't you glad you didn't turn on the light? Widely circulated on college campuses, this legend tells the story of two girls about to have a big test the next day. One of the girls gets invited to a party the night before, and when she returns to her dorm room, she doesn't want to wake her friend, so she goes straight to bed. When she wakes up in the morning, she rolls over to find her friend has been brutally murdered during the night, and written on the wall in blood is the phrase, aren't you glad you didn't turn on the lights? Again, note. It's like the note is the thing that Puts it over into incredulity.
0: Yeah, it's dumb.
1: Why would you bother? And why would you know that she wasn't going to turn on the light? What if she turned on the light? And... Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: it's just, that's just dumb. It's yeah. contingent upon a lot of coincidences.
1: Okay, how about this? Number 12, the Jedi religion form. (laughs) This far-reaching hoax claims that if enough people fill out Jedi as their religion on their census forms, the government will have to make it an official religion. No bullshit. (laughs) In fact, at one point, thousands of people tried to do just that, but to no avail, just because a large number of people check something on a census form is not grounds for introducing it as official.
0: Exactly.
1: Number 11, snuff films. Which are, of course, movies in which a person is actually murdered. And the urban legend is that they tend to be funded by twisted rich people. But there's really not that many actual accounts of snuff films. Mm. In fact, there's an urban legend that there's a skinny puppy video. I think it's the one for Dig It. Which is like a video, widescreen video image over another image. Mm. And the urban legend is that the image behind it is a snuff film. But anybody who knows the band is like... No way. No. No way. No, because they're like super pacifists, vegans, Mm. animal rights activists. Though... There's an appreciation for horror as a genre. Yeah, but the not in real life. murder of real people.
0: Yeah, not okay.
1: And these are the same guys that sued the Pentagon, or at least attempted to, for using their music for torture.
0: Mm-hmm. So, That's not cool.
1: Yeah, and I think this is where Tipper Gore got involved in her whole parental lyrics advisory thing and just the censorship thing against... Certain bands. Skinny Puppy was on the list partly because of this urban legend.
0: I don't care about having <laughs> an explicit advisory. Yeah, but that's, that actually know,
1: increased sales for
0: certain albums. Yeah, except you can't buy it at Walmart. I guess what? I don't care. Fuck Walmart.
1: Walmart will actually censor explicit lyrics from albums.
0: Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Yeah,
1: and there's so many other sources you can get music from. Mm-hmm. That why would you buy your music at Walmart anyway?
0: I don't know, because you're white trash?
1: Oh! <laughs> oh, no. Well, oh. You got a point. Let's see. Number 10, the nine eleven tourist guy, which is the photo of him standing on the roof of the World Trade Center, and there's the photo of the plane coming towards the building. Mm. It's doctored. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Big surprise. Yeah. Where they saw it happen on the Today Show, that actually happened. Because <laughs> it was going on behind them, and they didn't know it.
1: Number nine, this is an odd one, USA, Japan. Yes, there is a town in Japan called USA, but it's Usa. It's Japanese. Oh, of course. They were not told to rename it after World War II. Mm-hmm. And that's what the urban legend is, is that they were forced to change the name of their town. Bullshit. It's like, no, it was Usa before yeah. the World War
0: Maybe you ought to learn something about the Japanese language before you make shit up.
1: Part of the legend is as well that they were renamed that so anything they made in Japan could say made in USA. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> and so stuff you have that stamp made in U- USA isn't actually made in USA. That's just dumb.
0: But we have that anyway. I'm sure that there's a lot of stuff that says made in the USA that isn't.
1: This one I've heard even recently. Uh, number eight, the poisonous daddy long legs.
0: Hmm. Great. Make me more afraid of spiders. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: There's been a persistent rumor circulating for some time that the Daddy Long Legs spider is the most poisonous in the world but cannot kill humans because its fangs are too small. <laughs> Where this rumor started, no one knows. Spider in the world. If you're going to be careful around spiders, we would advise keeping your eyes open for the brown recluse or the funnel web spider. But yeah, Daddy Long Legs Long are not that poisonous in the woods. And somebody comes up and... Tries to get in and you drive off and find out later that this hook's embedded in your car.
0: Yeah. All of a sudden, I had a flashback to a book of stories that I read as a girl that could be considered urban legends. huh. They were, they were scary stories, but could definitely be considered urban legends. But anyway, we're going to finish the list well, I'm first. I'm
1: sure that's where a lot of it comes from. Number six, The Boyfriend's Death. This is similar to the hook-hand story and involves two young lovers stopped on an abandoned country road. The boy decides to get out and go looking for him, only to see a dark figure in the shadows. She runs back to the car tries to start it, but realizes the back bumper has been tied to a tree. She then hears a scream and after turning around sees her boyfriend hanging from the
0: tree. They're so dumb! So a lot of these are just so dumb. A lot
1: of, yeah, the, the really top ones are campfire stories. And you can see how it's oral tradition, really. Mm-hmm. Just being passed down from campsite to campsite, mm-hmm. telling spooky stories around The campfire. The clown statue.
0: Mm.
1: Braddy's not too happy she has a thing with clowns.
0: Clowns are horrifying. Mm -hmm.
1: So this urban legend tells the story of a girl babysitting. Another babysitter story, of course. Mm -hmm. For a family, when she calls the parents to ask if she can cover up a disturbing clown statue in the corner of the living room. The dad tells her very seriously to grab the kids, go next door, and call 911 without any further explanation. When she is next door and the police are on their way, she calls the father back, who then explains they don't have a clown statue. (laughs) 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 Furthermore, the kids have been complaining about a clown watching them in their sleep, but the parents had written it off as nightmares. In most versions of the story, the clown turns out to be a midget who has been living in their house for some time undetected. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Why do they use the word midget? Oh, well. When the babysitter came over, he didn't have time to escape, so he just froze in the corner. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. It's spookier until you start adding the other things to it. Ah, the fatal hairdo. (sighs) We kind of mentioned that. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've heard it with the uh, spiders, but uh, another one is that rats or bugs or something. So so the idea is a girl who is very concerned with her hair decides to wash her hair in sugar water and leave it wrapped in towel overnight so it will dry and exact she, she wants. Next morning, however, she doesn't come down for breakfast and when her mom goes to her room, finds her dead in her bed. And upon removing the towel, it becomes apparent she's been gnawed to death by rats or bugs or something else.
0: Oh, for God's sake.
1: Like, you wouldn't notice something gnawing at your scalp. Yeah.
0: Nobody sleeps that deeply.
1: That's what pain centers are for.
0: Yeah. I don't know how that story got started, but it seems to me that wrapping your head in a towel to make your hair dry a certain way is a really dumb idea because the towel is just going to hold in the moisture.
1: Yeah, and going to bed with... Sugar water in your hair is... However you're going to lay down is going to affect the way the hair... Exactly. If you roll over in the
0: night, I mean, it's just dumb.
1: don't understand hair
0: at all. Apparently not.
1: Dead body under the mattress. That's the typical thing of going to a hotel and having a bad smell and finding out there's a body under the bed. (laughs) She's bored by that one. because
0: housekeeping would never notice.
1: But as crazy as sounds and like the previous legends on this list, this has actually happened and more than once. (laughs)
0: then they need to fire their housekeeping staff
1: yeah the smell under bed turns out to be a human body ah the Halloween hanging at number two and it's actually based on several very true stories a boy doing a Halloween play for Skull accident ends up hanging himself from the fake gallows that'd be so sad and that's really poor special effects too Mm. you make sure you have a specific harness or something to prevent you from actually yeah hanging yourself.
0: That's why you don't do shit like that.
1: At number 1, buried alive. Another fear of yours.
0: It's not so much buried alive as the claustrophobia that comes with it.
1: Yes. Even they say this can barely be considered an urban legend because of people being buried alive throughout history. Mm -hmm. So in the past, many coffins were even equipped with strings that ran through the ground and were connected to a bell not far away in case they accidentally buried somebody who had died. And this way, if anyone did happen to be buried alive, they could pull the string and get the undertaker's attention.
0: But what if you're that undertaker and that bell starts ringing? That would fuck you up, man. (laughs) What if it's a windy day? Oh
1: my god. All the bells start ringing and you're like... "Ah."
0: You just start running. Just start running. So...
1: That's 25, though there's others I've heard of, so go ahead with some of the stories you wanted to tell.
0: I don't know that you would consider these urban legends, but the stories have been told more than once. One of them is a story about someone, it's been a man or it's been a woman, home alone, and it's this dark night, and... uh, Of course, it's a dark night. You don't have light nights.
1: Um, (laughs) It's a a moonless night.
0: And so they they decide to do a puzzle. And as they're putting the puzzle together, it starts to look very familiar. Uh And then they realize as they're putting it together that it's the room that they're in. And then when they finish the final piece of the puzzle, there's a monster in the window in the puzzle. And they turn and there's a monster coming at them from the window.
1: Yeah, it's like those amazing stories Mm -hmm. or the outer limits kind of things. Another one is going to the library, picking up a book, and as you're reading it, it's the exact things that are taking place. Mm -hmm. And I guess there can be, and the killer approached behind him kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There There was another story, which I may get some of the details wrong. This one actually was really horrifying to me. There are two girls having a sleepover, and one of them has just gotten this new... I like to say dressing gown, robe yes. <laughs> that's got, and she's she's rich. And so her parents gave her this robe that has rabbit fur on the collar. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, they're they're playing around and they're listening to the radio, you know, teenage girls doing the things that they do. Not pillow fighting. That's not what teenage girls do. <laughs> and if they do, they certainly don't do it in their underwear. Yeah. Get a clue, and man. And if
1: it, even in their underwear, not the sexy lingerie underwear, nope. it's more like...
0: It's utilitarian, yeah, functional underwear. Like granny panties. Underwear. <laughs> I wouldn't say granny panties. Good grief. More likely sweats. There's a news report about a killer that's running loose that decapitates his victims, you know, with an axe. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're just, oh, that's so scary. And then the rich girl decides she's going to go downstairs and get a snack. And so she goes downstairs and all the power goes out. Ooh. And as she's coming back up and, and the girl upstairs is listening for her. And she finally hears steps slowly coming up. And so she she grabs a weapon. I don't remember what the weapon was. Maybe it was a lamp. I can't remember. She's waiting just inside the doorway. And she's like, it's okay. It's okay. I will just reach out and I'll feel for that collar. And if I feel that collar, then I'll know it's okay. The person's just walking so slowly. And they finally get to the top of the stairs and come in the door. And she reaches out and she feels the fur collar. But then she reaches up and feels the stump where her friend's head used to be.
1: Bam, bam, Yeah. Yeah. Want to hear about black-eyed children? Okay. Black-eyed children or black-eyed kids are an urban legend... Of supposed paranormal creatures that resemble children between the ages of 6 and 16 with pale skin and black eyes, who are reportedly seen hitchhiking or panhandling, or are encountered on doorsteps of residential homes. Tales of black-eyed children have appeared in pop culture since the late 1990s. Uh, The supposed origins of the legend are... 1998 postings written by Texas reporter Brian Bethel on a ghost-related mailing list... (laughs) Relating alleged encounters with black-eyed kids in Abilene, Texas, and Portland, Oregon, Bethel's stories gained such popularity that he published a FAQ just to keep up with the man for more info about the new urban legend. And in 2012, Brian Bethel told his story on the reality television series Monsters and Mysteries in America. He wrote a follow-up article for Abilene Reporter News describing his experience. There's actually a 2012 horror film black-eyed kids with kick starter funding according to science writer sharon a hill the legend of black-eyed kids resembles typical spooky folklore stories in the same realm as the phantom black dogs like the grim mm. apparitions and mysterious monsters they aren't supernatural there may never have even been an actual encounter that does not stop people from continuing to see and fear them and pass on the latest tale of terror So yeah, they sound very much like your typical ghost sighting. Mm. Ooh, speaking of the uh, ghosts that push cars across railroad tracks. Weird. And we saw a little thing debunking that, but the idea is that there was this terrible accident, possibly a skull bus that got stopped at the railroad tracks and was hit by a train. And so a bunch of kids died. Little ghostly kids. And so whenever a car gets stopped on the tracks, if you just put it in neutral, the ghost kids will push your car over the tracks to safety. And there's a really popular spot in this one town that they went to where kids were doing this all the time. And they'd even put like baking powder or talcum powder on the back, like on the trunk to pick up handprints. Sure they would. And put it in neutral, and of course the car would roll slowly across the tracks. The issue was it was an optical illusion. They were actually on an yeah I- Yeah, gravity is what yeah. they did. They were on a hill, it just didn't look like a hill because of the way the road was. And the trunk would have handprints from previous handprints. Yes,
0: and the powder would stick to that.
1: Yeah, because the oil was still there. Yeah. So, That's yeah, silly. it was very much debunked.
0: So silly.
1: What other urban legend comes to mind, if anything? I think um, we pretty much dealt with most of them.
0: If you have an urban legend you'd like to tell <laughs> us about, listen to the end of the podcast and you'll hear all of those ways you can send it in.
1: Well, you can hear now. You can send it to thedarkcornerpod at com or our Facebook group or page. Yep. The Dark Corner Podcast. Yep. In Twitter, it's Dark Corner Cast.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: I think that's it for Urban Legends other than the really bland middle-of-the-road 1990s horror films. (laughs) Horror film series called Urban Legend and they are just kind of dull. It's a wonderful concept Mm -hmm. to have a killer that kills according to Urban Legends. But then there's what the getting a transplant from something like an arm or some other organ and Mm. it originally belonged to a killer and then the new person you know not the donor but the recipient picks up the qualities of this killer like it was a heart transplant and started behaving like the the killer
0: or if they had a pair of shoes custom made (laughs) i'm sorry i just watched that episode of the twilight zone
1: (laughs) there's one i think it had ray liotta in it and it was weird because around the time of jeffrey dahmer Mm. and so they actually pulled the film from theaters Mm. But they still had it on your, you know, your uh, premium film channels. Yep. I think it was just called body parts that he had his arm replaced, but it would do its own thing.
0: It would be very difficult to replace an arm.
1: It would, because that's nervous damage. No. Yeah, yeah.
0: it's it's just, it sounds ridiculous, honestly.
1: (laughs) Heart transplant makes a bit more sense. Yeah,
0: internal organs make a lot more sense, but an appendage... Hmm. And
1: just that classical idea that your emotion comes from your heart. Mm-hmm. And so if you have the heart of a killer, that, that would change your behavior. Even though the heart has nothing to do with your, you know, what you think.
0: Well, there's your physical heart, and then there's your metaphorical heart. <laughs> yes. And the twain shall never meet. <laughs>
1: True dat. So that's Urban Legends.
0: Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun.
1: Because we've talked about ghosts in the past, and that's kind of its own thing.
0: When you read them... You're just like, where the hell did this start? Well, it's always that
1: bit that goes too far. Mm-hmm. You know, the little twist ending for that, ooh, like the stump for a head thing. It's mm-hmm. like, well, if the killer was wearing the robe, that's another story. Reach out and feel the fur collar and then a beard. Mm-hmm. I think that's more frightening even than the severed head. I agree. Kitty okay, just jumped up. What are you doing? You getting into trouble?
0: He says, I want a pillow. There's a pillow right here. He says, there's all this stuff in my way. Because I know what the cat says. Yes. I can tell by his facial expressions. You do.
1: You do. You talk well for the cat. Or Thank speak you. well for the cat. All right. That's the end of the point for this episode. Yep. We'll return with some FanX stuff. But until then, we have shout outs.
0: Hey! hey!
1: My shout out is to David Anders Jr. He's been taking care of the Devour the Podcast site with some mini- Episodes called "Chew on This," and he reviewed the Goosebumps movie, which he liked a great deal. He gave it an A, actually.
0: It looked fun, actually. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: so I've heard others go- that were lukewarm, and he said, "No, it's it's nostalgic. It's fun." He says the kids are a bit older than you'd expect them to be for a Goosebumps kind of thing. Doesn't bother me, but he didn't mind that it still worked. So yeah, he enjoyed that. And he's been reviewing some other films. Because with scheduling, it's difficult for him to get co-hosts on, so he's been taking it on himself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's my shout out.
0: My shout out is to Mr. Chris Bodley. Aha! Uh-huh. And he is not only an amazing improver, but also an amazing artist. Yep. And he's going to, of course, have a booth at Van X.
1: And he's released an adult coloring book.
0: Yes, that makes me very excited.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. He's been posting a lot of his drawings on Facebook and Instagram. There's one with a BB-8, and I'm going to have to have
1: it. You're going to have to have it.
0: (laughs) going to have to have it. Yeah,
1: he's, he's got a great style. I like his lines.
0: It's not like anything else I've ever seen, and that is difficult to say. I mean, not it's not difficult for me to say. It's See, he's he's getting snuggled up to his pillow. Oh, good. And what I mean is it's difficult to find someone that is truly unique, that doesn't remind you of anyone else.
1: His style is purely his own.
0: Yeah, it's, it's like nothing else I've ever seen. Mm-hmm.
1: Which makes it even more odd if somebody steals his work, because that's just something of the Internet, is people lift pictures off somebody else's site and claim them as their own. DeviantArt's notorious for that. Yeah. It's like, no, this is Chris Bodley's art. It's the only person that could draw in this style.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is why a lot of artists, you know, do the watermark thing on their website, but that doesn't necessarily stop everyone from theft.
1: This actually happened to Lee Medcalf regarding some of his early modeling work, his 3D modeling work,
0: mm-hmm. as he
1: did the Nostromo, you know, from Alien. I love that shit. And he... F- was going back looking at images and found it cuz he wanted a screensaver and turned out to be on this deviant art page and he gave this guy like both barrels cuz he kept finding other things that he'd stolen mm-hmm. and then looked at the profile found out the guy had been dead for 3 years <gasps> <laughs> he started writing these these fuck you asshole
0: kind of messages <laughs> there's you in urban legends how did you just get it? we close out with a real life urban legend and then he's
1: like going back and deleting them (laughs) like oh shit shit I look like a crackpot just shitting on this guy's grave and everybody else is like he was a fucking thief just leave him
0: yeah just leave him
1: you know he's a thief when he was alive he's still a thief dead yep Yeah. so on that wonderful note (laughs) actually um, Society 6 I think Chris Bottley's artwork is on and he's known as Hat Robot. You can find a lot of his stuff under the moniker Hat Robot.
0: Yes, I definitely recommend getting on the interwebs and having a look because he is extremely talented and he's a really great person.
1: He is. He's an amazing guy. Yes. And just super talented. And his lovely wife is quite talented as well and does yes. her own design, so
0: Yes, which is Chelsea Mackey.
1: Yeah, and she's a cosplayer, so
0: Yes, well, she's young and pretty and thin, so <laughs> it's easy for her.
1: Yeah, I suppose.
0: So, it, it is easier when you're young, pretty, and thin.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, just finding things that fit, for one thing.
0: When you're old that and me, it's a lot more difficult.
1: Hmm. I can never decide on what to cosplay as. It's oh, a I... commitment issue.
0: Well, I have a lot of ideas. I just can't execute any of them.
1: Hmm. Kind of deflated at the end there.
0: Huh. Let's just edit that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Like Like Pac-Man just died
0: (laughs) (laughs) That helped Or or like Mario (laughs) It's a me Mario Oh god no No let's not do that Okay, stop. We're gonna go now, really.
1: It is the end. We'll return with some Salt Lake Comic Con fan experience material.
0: Yep. Bye. Bye.
1: In comedy.com gentlemen's Grant so tired
0: okay do we have to talk about it now Our, yeah because I'm really tired yeah. you know honestly and I, the, the, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired um let's let's move on move on because I'm tired okay <laughs> you're starting to get too quiet again yeah <laughs>
1: I just realized I was repeating myself a bunch of times, so that's why I got quiet.
0: That's what editing's for. Yeah.